You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, Buns, Buns. I want to give you something real, but I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a deal. I want to give you my heart. I would trade anything for love. Hey, guys. Welcome to ISO, the Buns Podcast. So the interview this week is with Ian Campo of Tribe Called Red. Very interesting discussion. Um, but before we get into that, how's your week going? How are the trades? I'm uh, kind of light on trades this week, so I don't have a lot to talk about. But you know who does have a lot to talk about? Our friends at This Week in Buns. <laughs> On this week's podcast, we're going to talk about coon teeth. Am I saying that right? A coon teeth. <laughs> Who's got to get some coon teeth here, uh, kids? That's raccoon teeth, to be specific. Yeah. Um, we also talked to you about your hot, sexy, sexy Latin nights. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gross. Uh, we told the story of how one woman traded some sauce. Yeah, just some sauce for a car. Yeah, that's a sweet deal. And the one thing Laura will not trade for hard no on my part my name is Oren, and i'm laura and this is iso buns podcast and this is this weekend buns this weekend b-u-n-z uh, we should probably start off by saying we're having a couple uh technical difficulties just, if you will just a few yeah so if we do sound a little bit weirder this week uh more weird than we usually sound yeah uh it's because of that but beyond those if you can stick with us sounding like this the rest of the podcast is going to sound amazing. That's going to sound amazing because we're making up for it with all these great trades. Definitely. Okay, so this week, uh, as we know, Halloween is in a week and everybody's got some amazing, amazing uh, costume ideas. Jen sparked my interest. She is going to be a formal apology. Who doesn't love pun costumes, she says. Looking for like some long gloves, fancy long stem, cigarette holder. And... Uh, this one girl I also saw, she's like, I know I'm slacking, guys. And it's a week before. I'm usually like a day before Halloween. Yeah, she's Halloween been class. slacking. She's been slacking. <laughs> what are you going to be for Halloween, Oren? Uh, you know what? It's going to be a surprise. I'm not going to. Okay, I'm going to be. Uh, I was like, damn okay, it. No, no, no. Uh, I'm going to leave it. Everyone in suspense. Whoa. Yeah. No, I'm being an anime character from a new Netflix show called Neo Yokio. It's it's a it's a deep cut. Those who get it will love it. Yeah. Everyone also gonna worried why I I sprayed my hair pink. What pink? You're gonna do pink? Yeah, I got to do pink for this. Whoa. I mean, it's anime. Nothing is nothing is ordinary. Right, right. I think. Well, I don't know what I'm gonna be because I'm gonna decide the day before. But last year I was a Canadian. I just wore all denim. And that's how oh. I swung it. <laughs> I love that. Nice, quick, easy, friendly. It was so easy. Here is a story about adulting because uh, uh, Denise, I should have pronounced her name. I should have. I know, that's a long name. name. Her name is fake, obviously. But <laughs> whatever her name is, she says, if you're looking for a female doctor and uh, one of those kits that help people who are overdosing from fentanyl, uh, there's a new. Cla- casual. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could argue it's almost too casual. Yeah. Mm. That's a sad note. Let's bring us to a warm note. The warm note is, I saw this post and I got excited because the last time I felt like a true adult was when I got a family doctor who happens to be a woman. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I'm very happy for anyone who gets a family doctor because yeah. now you have someone who's going to track all your things basically for the rest of your life. Yeah. I really milk 
the healthcare system. Not a thing to say. Yeah, that's probably... Okay, cut it there. <laughs> All right, on to the next one. Um, I can't believe I just admitted that on, on this podcast. Um, okay, the coon teeth. Now, Buns always has a way of just bringing people together, don't they? Cat uh, has... Uh, she asks Buns... Does anybody have an interest in these large jaw bones slash teeth? She's got some deer and coon uh, teeth. Make me an offer. Doesn't uh, Victoria literally an uh, an hour later be like, this is a weird ISO, but does anybody have any small or medium-sized animal bones? And uh, then uh, a fellow bunner uh, comments below the buns post, but literally like, Buns just brings like it's so funny to see like people post something and then someone looking for that exact weird niche thing. Yeah, we were saying you could probably there could probably be a job for someone just to be on Buns all day and connect people who need to be connected. Yeah. But the more I thought about it, the more I believe a computer would just replace that. Yeah, and yeah. some kind of algorithm, some AI. We all know. We all know that. Okay, uh, the thing that Orin said earlier made me so the let. I'm gonna try it. The selectinator, the sex and Latin. All right, we should we should left it with my shitty impression. Um, Liz says buns who can read and write latin and first i thought she said latina and i was like uh it's called spanish liz um you know what papi uh the three things you need to know how to speak spanish i once again that's a that's another terrible yeah, Actually, that's you, know you know what that was like 50 50 it was 50 50 hit a couple but... of the notes the inflection was fine yeah. but man if you can't do it if you can't do it 100 percent, why do it why do it? <laughs> you need some hoops hoop, big hoop earrings big hoops mm-hmm. i don't need a long and, um, long nails mm-hmm. see that long sounded weird when you long said. <laughs> long nails but it's not Latina, right? That's no, the... that's the whole point. It's not. Uh, it's Latin. And then uh, we got Igor comments being like, uh, Google Translate? So it is. I don't think Latin's on Google Translate. And you know what? We're so bad at our jobs, we don't even care to Google it. We're just going to be like, you know what? She probably already tried that. Liz seems like a resourceful person. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and say it, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. But you told me that it was a dead language. I, it's a dead language in that... Um, even though they still speak it in certain places, the version that what we all speak, or we all, like I speak Latin. That I change, speak Latin. <laughs> like say the church speaks, um, is a dead language. Like the phonetic code of it was broken. We're not entirely sure how things truly sound. But I mean, people still sort of talk in it. No one really understands it, but that's how we're kind of speaking English right now. That's how it kind of goes. So uh, help Liz out. She needs a translated Latin sentence <laughs> or phrase rather. We're moving on to a story about one of the fastest bunch trades of all time. And this is a quick one. It's basically someone put up that they had uh, an SNES Classic. That's Super NES, Super Nintendo. And it got re-released in the smaller form. Someone put it up and it was probably traded a minute later. Wow. Like legit a minute later. So whoever got one of those, amazing. Um, and I'm just going to sit here and brood. Real upset about it. Um, another Liz, different Liz, says, Sun chokes. Exclamation point. I said it like it was a question. <laughs> sun chokes. Sun chokes. It's like the fifth Teletubby. <laughs> sun chokes. Um, my house has grown so many. Free. You can have a bag full or pick your own. And I was like, what the heck? What heck's the these? fuck are sun chokes? What's a sun choke? So Oren did a little bit of searching. Yeah. Uh, 
And for all those who don't know what a sunchoke is, first of all, all those who do know, stop rolling your eyes at me. I'm <laughs> sorry. I didn't know what that was. Sunchokes are basically like a uh, root vegetable. They kind of look like ginger. They, I don't know what they taste like, but there it is. It's a root vegetable. They're also, they're also known as Jerusalem something. Artichokes, I think. Yeah, yeah Jerusalem artichokes. Nutty, right? Like, now, I guess now we know. Sunchokes. Liz got them. <laughs> Liz has got him. She's that's, that's on her. That's on her. Uh, on her card. <laughs> hey, I'm Liz. Got sunchokes. <laughs> sunchokes. We bring you two stories that kind of deal with one thing that's amazing about buns. We hey. have a story from another Liz. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Three Liz's in one second. Uh, Danielle posted about some gummies. Uh, some adult gummies. Kush. Yeah, regular run-of-the-mill trade, great. Uh, but immediately below that, someone was like, "Hey, you should try Buds Training Zone." Well, like Kush Buds. Like Kush Buds, B U D Z. Oh. And so below this comment, she's like, "Oh, well, I didn't know that zone existed. Do you mind? Do you mind? Hey, like you know, adding me to that group." And then the next like six replies underneath that are all other people being like, "Yeah, yeah, what's that zone? Yeah, yeah, can you add me to that? Can you add me to that?" That goes in hand with another post. Uh, Becky, she wants to give rides to people. Uh, she goes to Pickering every weekend. It's like, hey, trade me something small, and you get a ride basically to Pickering from Toronto. Whoa. If you know where Pickering is, about you know, 35 minutes outside of the downtown core with no traffic, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, someone else posted, hey, there's, a, there's Bun's ride share zone. Yeah. And... There is now becoming more and more niche zones, and it's always good to keep up on any zones. I'm sure one day we'll go through an entire list of all of them, but yeah. know that if you're not getting any luck in the general bunch hitting zone, there's always helping, and then from there, they can pretty well direct you to anywhere. Yeah, there's so many niche ones. I mean, I had no idea that Bud's zone was a ting, and you bet I'm going be, gonna to be hopping on that one. You know it. Uh, ISO your fantasies. <laughs> so, um, oh, I didn't even screenshot the guy's name. Sorry. Um, milkweed fantasies. So anonymous. So this uh, guy's anonymously uh, look anonymously looking. No, he posted it on buns, but he's looking for fantasies from various buns groups. So basically, you submit your fantasy on this milkweed um, fantasy. Uh, uploader or whatever that was a terrible way of describing i'm really no, no, botching no, no, this no, no, keep going. you're doing a terrible job keep going <laughs> so, and he's got the link posted for you but it's anonymous and it'll basically be up in next week's issue so it's an online publication i'm assuming um but he's gonna cut them up and turn it into a poem uh and so this sparks the question uh fantasies uh, if we were good at editing, we'd drop in Ludacris's fantasy right now. <laughs> what your fantasy? I'm thinking of a uh, fulfill my fantasy. Maybe I'm a think about you. I guess it's not really. All the time I see you in my dream. Oh, that's Baby Boy. I was like, what's that? Shauna Paul for uh, Now, I mean, there's no comparing those two songs. Obviously, Ludacris is the better fantasy song. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's more direct related to a fantasy. <laughs> this has just had fantasy in the song. Of course. But we are interested in this poem so hopefully when it gets released uh we do our good job and follow up and sort of see hey what does that poem of fantasies look like like? i mean i know my fantasy for sure it's uh you know me sunday night (laughs) there's a light snow happening (laughs) 
Oh, no. A light snow. The fire is crackling. And there's just a nice warm wheel of brie cheese and some Triscuit crackers just sitting on the table waiting for me. That's me anyways. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's nothing I could say. I'm <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, okay, so we've got another. Uh, this is what I would. This is kind of crosses the line for me. Um, Shawana. Shawuna. Oh, I'm right, so. Right, okay. Okay. First of all, her name is Shauna. That is it. That is it. There's nothing crazy about this name. It's with a U. But but it's clear. It's clear someone is off her game, and it is it is fine. <laughs> We're having a good time over here. Hopefully, you're enjoying this. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Sorry. Shauna. Shoo. Anyways. Shauna. Brooke. Anyways. Oh my God. Now I'm getting so silly. Okay. So. She's got a couple things for trade. Um, one of them really kind of shook me. And I'm not huge on personal hygiene. That sounds terrible. But I'll like, I like thrift all my clothes. I'm not like sketched out about using secondhand things in the slightest. But she's got some stick-on silicone boob things. Like a bra that you stick onto your body. And she's used it twice. And that's the only thing that I'm kind of like... I don't think you can trade that. I didn't know you had that kind of moral standing. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know that either, but I saw it and I was like, you can't do that, right? Yeah, yeah, man, I'm totally okay with it. On a couple fronts, A, someone will get this because you know how I know? These things are hella expensive. Yeah, that, like, uh, they are. Ones aren't cheap. And like it's just on your boobs, right? Just on just on your skin. It's on the areolas. It's on the nipples. Oh, is know? that what nipples are called? That's, that's the shading around it. Areolas? Yeah, it's a cool word. Ugh. It sounds so gross. There's something every day on this podcast with Lauren. I literally do. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I think that's. I think it's gonna be a hit. I gotta tell you, I think someone's gonna trade for these, because, uh, a, they do a great job. Obviously, if you don't want bra straps and you want things to be uh, snug and in front, why not? Snug and in front. That's how we like it here. <laughs> snug and in front. Uh, once again, we cannot say sorry enough for this podcast going off the rails, but who cares? We're having a good time because we found the best of the best curb alert. It comes from Tyler and he just says curb alert. And it is basically <laughs> a dutty wig. Just a wig. That's it. That's it. It's just a black wig. And if you don't know, curb alerts are traditionally reserved for good things that can be reused yeah. that someone is throwing out and they're just on the curb waiting for garage for garbage day for 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 garage day for garage day uh for garbage day uh this is not what it's used for but it doesn't matter because when you post something this funny people will definitely laugh that's so i mean good on you tyler we love it we love it and we got one more story to tell you uh, we, we, we teased it off the top because it is such a good story. It's how one woman basically traded some sauce for a car. Uh, if you don't know the full story of the Szechuan sauce phenomenon that's happening right now, here's a quick rundown. There's a TV show called Rick and Morty. Um, in one of their episodes, basically he goes to another dimension where they're still serving Szechuan sauce. Szechuan sauce was from was a promotion that McDonald's did for the movie Mulan. So once, oh, really? yeah. So once once Rick and Morty did this joke, and the show's hella popular right now. Everyone started talking about Szechuan sauce, and the creators are going back and forth with each other, McDonald's and them. And this is becoming a massive thing. Mm -hmm. So McDonald's is capitalizing on this, obviously, and they decided they're going to give a bunch of random stores 
20, only 20 packets of this sauce. People waited in hours for the sauce. People got mad when they didn't get sauce. Boy. It's become this thing. This one woman got it. She got this sauce. And then she proceeded to trade it for a car because someone's like, hey, you know how much those things are worth? Her friend was like, I don't know how much. $300 for a single pack. Oh and the God. packet is about the size you'd get of like sweet and sour sauce back in the day. Like that's oh like that's God. the entire size of this thing. Wow. So she gets a trade request for a, like an old school Jetta. Let me get like 12, 12 years old. Volkswagen a, Golf. A Volkswagen no? Golf. Or a Golf. Yeah, it was a Golf. And traded for it. The guy drove the car over to her. She was like, all right, great. And even the biggest thing that has to be said about this is that the sauce is likely coming back in December. Oh, my gosh. So he could have just waited. He could have just waited. But I guess some people just don't want to wait. Some people don't have any patience or. Yeah. And I mean, this isn't a story from Buns. This is from another trading zone uh, from another company. We don't care to even list. But it is a fun, amazing story about the power of trading with that. So it looks like online right now. So nutty. I think I'm just going to plug uh, the spooky flea market. Oh, yes. Just real quick. So on October 31st, Gladstone Hotel, 8 to 12. Spooky Buns, Flea Market Edition. Girly Meg's doing a, a setup there. Uh, I'm going to be there covering it. If Oren can make it, he's going to come. He's got more important engagements. Um, that is true. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Oren. She's Laura. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com. Okay, so like I said, at the top of the show, the interview this week is with Ian Campo of Tribe Called Red. Uh, for those of you who don't know, they are a Canadian electronic music group who blend hip-hop, reggae, dubstep, and a bunch of other dance music with elements of First Nations music. Uh, They're also very active uh, politically um, as well as musically. So the talk goes to a lot of different areas that I think uh, a lot of you will find very interesting. I won't mumble too much, but I will say that uh, I wasn't able to get into the office that day. So I had our good friend and sort of Bun's celebrity, Eli, sit down and talk to Ian, as well as a friend of the show and Bun's office extraordinaire, Jamin, here's the interview with Ian of Tribe Called Red. Why don't I start off with uh, traditional introductions? Please. Uh, I don't speak much Indian Abamoan. Yeah. I speak a little more Cree, but Ani Bushu, Jamin Indishnakasun, Akwanitaki Tochin, Red River Tochin Nikwa. I'm Jamin, I'm Metis Machif. I'm Cree and Metis from Red River area. That's dope. And uh, my name's Jamin. Yeah, Ani. Megeze Beboyad Dishnakaz, Takaning Don Jaba. Yeah. Awesome. Nice to meet you. Zizak Dodem. Zizak, what's yeah. Zizak? Uh, Crane. Ah, uh, Crane Clan. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't get to do the the, the clan part because we don't have clans yeah. in Cree culture. Yeah. 
No, I'm, I'm yeah, from the Crane Clan. Nice. And uh, kind of adopted into it because we're, we're matriarchal. And because my dad was white, I, that typically put me in the Martin Clan, which is like a blackbird that like flies around. Yeah. But uh, we got adopted. My dad got adopted into the... Interesting. I've met, I met lots of Martin Clan before. I've never met anyone that's Crane Clan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm Eli from Alberta. <laughs> um, but I'm really glad to be sitting here with Ian Campo, songwriter, DJ, speaker, indigenous activist, cannabis activist, anti-violence activist. Um, why do you care so much? I care so much because nobody else seems to. <laughs> and um, understanding the history of um, where we're at and what's going on and noticing... Um, other oppression and understanding how I work within other people's oppression and how they work within my oppression. We got to like, it, it was a, it was a big, uh, to be perfectly honest, it all came to, uh, with thinking while medicating with cannabis and, um, you know, prior to, to using cannabis daily, um, cause I used it in high school, but I didn't like, it was, it was, it was after my wife had cancer. Did I start using cannabis like as a medicine? And realize that it actually is a medicine and it affected not only the way I thought, but it like small things like someone hit me up and was like, hey, do you notice this thing about this team called the Redskins in, in Ottawa? And I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, that, that shouldn't really exist. Right. And like as I'm smoking, like I'm thinking, why isn't there any other teams like this? Like, what the fuck is going on here? And like it totally like made me look at it in a different way because we were working on an album and getting high and like thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like it was just like that. That's that's we were in the studio. This was for the first one. Right. This was like years and years and years ago. And uh, yeah, it made me think like that. And then it took on this 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 Redskins thing. I thought it would just be an email and it ended up being like, so you can literally like follow my activism with this, with, with cannabis use. And through like thinking these, these different ways, it also brought up like capitalism and, mm -hmm. and how these are also oppressive systems and having like some sort of uh, uh, financial stability where I'm at gave me a really uh, big, privilege within this capitalist society and being able to think of new ways and, and eventually it got to me thinking of how to get off of money completely and, and understanding that currency and the money and the economy that we work in is a game basically invented not for the benefit of people of color that's for sure yep. and is basically uh, based on, on, on a theme of oppression and on a theme of, uh, of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. So understanding uh, the 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 intention behind capitalism and understanding like indigenous people have have uh, this <laughs> this monster called the Wendigo who has this like insatiable thirst and 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 food like an elder brought up that capitalism was our 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 Wendigo and how it's an insatiable beast that like if it makes the same amount of money as it did last year is considered a failure like there's no enough there's no like there there actually it's illegal for shareholders to make the same amount of money as mm -hmm. it did last year right like why why isn't there enough why do we make this system that can't end like it, it can never be satiated indigenous people understood that there was a balance that there's no balance to the end of that right mm -hmm. like we, when we lived within nature we we lived within nature and it was funny too i'm just going off on tangents now. please don't worry about it. tangents away <laughs> but the idea of wilderness Right. That's it. That's a colonial ideology where like the indigenous ideology, it wasn't wild. It wasn't something to be tamed. It was very tame. We lived amongst it. We knew how it works. We knew what to stay away from. Like it wasn't wild. Mm 
right? So even like the idea of wilderness is this mm-hmm. colonial concept. Well, and when you talk about like also <clears throat> like having enough, it's like this. It, essentially, you could even call it like a pursuit of happiness, mm. but having happiness as being defined by material worth. See, but here's the thing about pursuing happiness is that's a bullshit thing. You can't mm-hmm. pursue happiness. Happiness, right. that's why like the poorest people can still be happy. Happiness comes from doing meaningful things. It doesn't come from pursuing something. So it ensues from doing meaningful things, not something to pursue. And like, I'm not saying that money can't bring happiness either. I'm saying that it can if it's used in a meaningful way, mm-hmm. right? So if you're using it in a way that, that will help somebody else out, that does bring happiness, you know that's what true. I mean? I mean, I think that's essentially what we're doing here. I mean, we've got investors that really just believe in what we're doing here mm. and really are hands off with the process. They don't expect us to turn money around mm. anything. You know, um, it's unfortunately attributed to a, to a, an asshole, but David Lee Roth mm. once said <laughs> that happiness, money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you a 65-foot yacht to pull up right next to it. <laughs> um, obviously, you've had a really big year. Congrats yeah. on all that. Thank you. You guys talk a lot about a, a lot about hope mm. what does hope mean for you in in the light of a very dark world mm. the shadow of a very dark world what does hope mean for you and what do you hope for for yourself for canada for indigenous peoples for youth uh, in in the coming year and, and oh, beyond lots it, it, like what i hope for is like true equality and not in the idea that we think equality is because the way that we think equality is is actually assimilation like getting more indigenous people as as Fortune 500 C like Fortune 500 company CEOs, that's still being a part of this white supremacist patriarchal system, right? So, true equality would be bringing and making a system where our values are used and and ideologies are used in a way that's equal to the corporate structure that was made over here and whatever the leader of that is will be the same as the ceo so we have to like think completely different we have to think about like what our values really are and what it really means um so back to like the idea of success and the idea of wealth like there's Mm -hmm. there's a, a the way we, we currently measure wealth is through how much we can accumulate and how much we can hoard and how much stuff I have makes me wealthier, right? Well, there's an indigenous idea of wealth that, that is measured on how much I can afford to give away. So the potlatch ceremony is like the perfect example of this, where it's ceremoniously done, right? It's done in a sacred way because they understand that the wealth of the community is what makes wealth for individuals. So say like if we start taking small changes in, in, in the way we think, like we think that conservatism is typically based on fiscally responsibility, right? It's been proven time and time again that eradicating homelessness by housing the homeless is cheaper than dealing with the homeless. Yeah. Okay. So if we're right there, that proves that like conservatism isn't about like financial responsibility, but power. That just like, it just proves that it's holding power over people. So if we house everybody, like again, like, I, I did a, a speak uh, a speech at uh, the Edit Festival mm-hmm. in this giant empty factory on a panel about indigenous housing and the lack thereof. It and I'm sitting in this giant industrial warehouse, warehouse yeah. you yeah. know what I mean, with so much room that's not doing anything. I bet that building's been <clears throat> empty for years. Exactly. Like we need to be more resourceful with our stuff, which is why I think Buns is like such a, 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 a forward-thinking idea where like okay, we have enough stuff and we could like trade it for stuff that we need. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And having this community based, uh, uh, 
ideology is detrimental to the the the, the well-being of the community. Mm-hmm. Well, we t- we talk a lot about this this idea of um, localizing the economy that mm. we send so much out uh, overseas and we bring so much stuff in that there's so much newness out there that we don't we don't have to participate in if we shouldn't. We export the same amount of apples as we import. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Uh, why yeah you know what i mean like it's just like uh uh, shad actually had this like really 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 good analogy where he brought up a buddy of his in college and he's like yo i had this dude in college that i knew that cheated and like he cheated the first test and it was like oh okay that was swift i see how he did that good move and then like he kept cheating and he kept cheating and he kept cheating and his cheating got like way more elaborate and way more like uh, dubious and it got harder to do where it got to the point that like cheating was way harder than just studying for the fucking test right and that mm-hmm. seems like where we are as like a society like we're, we're, we're putting in middlemen for no fucking reason just to get this economy going which is like a fake thing to uphold white supremacy in the first place so when you read about these these people like five dudes have half the uh, share the, the same wealth as half of the population of earth we give these people power because we do stuff for their money until we're like, I got a house. I got, I'm growing my own food. I'm good. I don't need to do anything for your money anymore. I'm happy with what I have here. Mm-hmm. That's when they'll lose their power and they're not going to be the most wealthiest people, you know, until we realize that currency isn't a real thing and that it doesn't even like now it's made out of plastic. So you can't even start a fire with it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not <laughs> worthless. It's worthless. It's not a tangible thing where if you grow an apple, or you grow a carrot or you grow like a tomato. Those are like real tangible things where if I eat it, I live till tomorrow. And no matter what uh, oil refineries are doing in Syria. It's not going to change that worth in my apple where like my dollar can't buy as much today as it could have two years ago because people in Syria decided to open up their business. Like how is, where's that? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So they open up their oil refinery. So the price of oil goes down. So refining it from and extracting it from our uh, uh, oil sands got too expensive. So our dollar drops and it's just like, what is going on? Why are we even playing this game? Well, it's interesting to think about it got expensive in the oil sands because all that really happened up there was that Alberta, the Alberta government finally took back what was theirs. Hmm. The royalties that the royalties that had never been claimed by the Alberta government, which are oh, wow. pale in comparison, like oil royalties in most parts of the world are in like the 18 to 30 percent. Alberta was getting away with charging less than 2 percent. OK. And they jacked it to seven or eight, I think. And then the, the companies got mad. Freaked out and fled. <laughs> and that's really like that's yeah. that, that's the extreme conditions that the NDP put in there. Right. To, we're really we're just like, well, actually, if you're going to destroy our environment maybe we should take a little bit more money from it to deal with that i mean that's i mean that's a whole other can we take a second to acknowledge yeah. that energy east is done yeah 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 that's amazing yeah for, this, for that one yeah, yeah for sure yeah again community involvement you know what i mean and like uh people taking to heart and realizing that like yeah i can buy a gold toilet today but my kids won't <laughs> be able to swim you know yeah, what i exactly. mean like we need like uh, indigenous people have the, this 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 uh, seven generations uh, ideology where we're in the middle. So you, you, we think about the three generations before us and the three generations after us. And you, we try to live within this and understand what they were setting up for us and what we need to set up for our generation. And that foresight is completely lost in capitalism. Like that foresight is like, uh, 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 <laughs> again, lost on like, hey, I can have a gold toilet today if I like make it so nobody can breathe in 40 years. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's just like so selfish in, in, in thinking. 
Am I, am I going to just talk to your agenda for asking a question here? So mm -hmm. I'm hearing someone else echoed in a lot of your words. Someone yeah. I grew up like listening to and fascinated with, and I wish I had met, and I think you've met because you worked with him on your last album. But I hear a lot of John Trudell yeah. in oh this my talk. God. And obviously, yeah. you're someone who's uh, like cared about this stuff a lot and been an activist for a long time. But mm. I don't know when you first met John Trudell, but working with him has that like affected? Oh my God, the you... the the angle of your activism, like the the way you think, because I feel like that guy can change someone's entire mind in like three minutes. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. He obviously like <laughs> had a big doing. Like I listened to his albums. My mom was a huge fan, so I listened to albums growing up. Um, so hearing his words and knowing what he's about for so long, and knowing like, dude, he's on another one. Like what I'm talking about is like. <laughs> It's, it's really physical. And when I got to hang out with him, like he was on like another, like he was talking about like specific energies and specific, like he was on another one. Like we're talking about systems that we could see, like he understood stuff on another level. And uh, one huge teaching, dude, like sitting down with him for like 20 minutes gave us like teaching after teaching after teaching. And like, you just sit there, <laughs> sat there and listened to it and your mind's changing as you're like listening to this guy. And one thing he brought up was, uh, uh, um, the, the idea of humility and how indigenous people are told that we need to be humble and like, you know, being, being humble is, is a, a virtue that we need to hold on to and how you can't hold pride. As and, opposed to how that's viewed as a weakness in the corporate Right, world. right, right, right. Where uh, holding pride and being humble can't exist in the same person. So you don't feel pride for the things that you do but you feel pride in the things that people in your community do and do things so that they're proud of you. Don't do things for yourself. Don't do things so that you're, you're proud of the things you do. Do things so that other people are proud of you. Dude, sit on that for a week and like reevaluate like what's important to you and why you do things. It changed like this dude, like I said, like hanging out with him for that, that like, I think we spent like an hour with him. We also talked basketball. We talked like all <laughs> kinds of stuff. He was such like a, uh, yeah, he was a smart, smart dude. Was this back in 2015? Yeah, this was uh, literally a month before he died. We uh, we got to go hang out with him, and he wasn't doing too well. And uh, this is when he just, like, gave us all this knowledge. And then we went to Australia and uh, for a month. And then when we landed back in Canada, we got word that he passed. So it was, uh, yeah, like a month before he passed away. That's, like, I, I would consider uh, that just a massive privilege. Oh, my God. You guys had. I'm, I'm so happy you guys got got him got his influence on that mm. phenomenal record because mm -hmm. john mm, trudell thanks man yeah he well. he changed the 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 focus of the record like the his poems we had different ideas and then he he wrote the poem of, of the hallucination and it yeah. just solidified everything and and what we were trying to to focus on and, and create that um rallying point for people that have the same sort of ideologies right yeah yeah that's all him awesome yeah. Let's talk about ideologies for a sec. Mm -hmm. When we first sat down before the tape was rolling, we uh, we started diving right into the relationship <laughs> between indigenous history, culture, and buns. I mean, on a very sort of tangential level, uh, mm -hmm. trade. Mm -hmm. Like, we obviously know that bar people often will be like, well, how'd you come up with this great idea? It's like, not our idea. <laughs> Bartering is older than money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, we talk about the sort of social contract of, ca of, of cash being mm -hmm. this very goofy thing. Um, mm -hmm. we, it just came to me that we should have shirts that say Bream, barter rules everything around me. <laughs> <laughs> That'd, That'd be amazing. Uh, can we sort of go down that path? Where Where do you see barter having a position of power in the future in terms of like, when all the money's gone or when the, when the oil, you know, when the yeah. oil is up and we have to, we're, we're sort of forced to do this. Yeah. You know, I get a Google alert every morning on the word barter. 
And I see, <laughs> I see communities all over the world. Like, so this week, Italy, huh. small town Italy has yeah. discovered that they can get by by bartering and right. stop spending money. The banks are actually like having to let, let people go because they don't have employees wow. because people aren't using banks anymore because they're bartering. Right. India, Pakistan, huge barter cultures. Yeah. There. Um, Botswana, huge barter, barter culture there. Where, where does this, uh, where does barter fit for you in the future? Do you see it as a viable future for Canadians, for the world? I see it as a necessity. I see it as, as, uh, learning how to get off this insatiable beast that we were talking about as, as capitalism, you know, buying one snowblower for the block as opposed to everybody having one. And then everybody gets a day and everybody pitches in their 30 bucks a year to, to, for the upkeep or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, why isn't like, why do we need to ha own all of these things? And I think it goes back to, to these ideologies of, of wealth and success and what it, what it means to, to, to make it, I guess, as, as, as a successful person in, in a capitalist society where it's, it's deemed on individualism, right. Mm -hmm. And how much stuff you can have where, trading seems to be like the opposite the opposite of this and uh it goes again it doesn't play into this game of currency it doesn't play into this social contract this bullshit game that you brought up as we all just kind of agree that this is what it's worth and then also being an artist is really fucked up to like gauge that mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i'll play an hour and a half set for free for kids in a basement and then i'll get paid 80 grand to play the same set somewhere else. So like the, 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 the work I'm putting into it isn't a tangible thing. Like it mm -hmm. is, you know what I mean? Like being an artist really puts like how abstract money really like actually is. And I think once just a quick digression, like I think what's really interesting about tribe specifically is that you guys are not just putting audio out there, but bears work obviously with video work is mm. like putting an interesting uh, new va value on visual mediums mm. and that like we sit in front of a screen all day and we see things that are, that somebody was paid to make or somebody was not paid to make, whether mm -hmm. it's their, like their lifeblood or their, you know, something that they're creating. You guys are really showing, showing that this sort of, this whole package, this whole message can be valued at a totally different scale. Like, mm. like you said, the same message and same music and same visuals is going to these kids in the basement mm -hmm. who are gleaning something from it. But you also end up playing like corporate parties mm -hmm. for Spotify or whoever, right, right. where a bunch of people are like, Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Like, this $9 mimosa is delicious. <laughs> like, you know, just like, <laughs> okay. So what's valued, valuable to somebody isn't it valuable to somebody else. Right. So you could bring in this idea of like jacking up prices during a, 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 a like an emergency, disaster. Or, yeah, exactly. a disaster, yeah. right? So the value is going to be different for somebody for what medicine, aspirin. Say somebody like has a fucking losing a leg and they need help, and gauze is going to be now a hundred dollars. Yeah. So somebody that has a little cut isn't going to pay the hundred bucks, but somebody that really needs it is going to pay that hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. And the value of things that we use every day, constantly that we can't live without, we'll trade the most valuable things if if that like if we lose air. We will get rid of all the diamonds we have for another breath that we have on us, right? Sure. Because it's, but air is used constantly, all the time, forever, where diamonds are used like very rarely and it's used for like to show opulence, whatever. But like the function, <laughs> it's just so, so funny how the value of stuff will change w when uh, uh, the scarcity of something else changes, mm -hmm. right? We talk about value a lot in terms of uh, something like 
well, for example, like these, I know it's a funny collection of shit in here, but mm. we think about things that are having, having uh, collecting dust on your shelf. You maybe it may have a sentimental value to you. You may have spent a hundred dollars on it, but it is without use. It is useless to you. Right. Right. So in trading that away, what would you pay to get rid of this couch? Like it's annoying to go put up an ad on Craigslist to be like, come get this couch. But if something, if you're like free couch, but if you bring me a bottle of wine, I would not be upset about that. Right. You right. Know, like this idea that like what, that couch is definitely worth a bottle of wine to somebody else, but mm. for, for the being rid of it and having passed it on to somebody else, having extending its life um, is worth that bottle of wine to you. And you're like, great. Now I have, now I'm no longer thirsty. But also like them getting it out of your space holds value. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like they're yeah. doing their labor, service. their physical yeah. labor. You know, it's true. Um, can we talk just a bit about historically? Like, Indigenous cultures, obviously, like we Canada is based on trading culture. We had mm. a bit of a joke before Trump turned into a real thing <laughs> about make Canada trade again. That right. was like a gimmick that we were thinking about <laughs> doing. In fact, Jamin actually said that once in a in a talk. He did a oh, it was one of our art shows. He did an land acknowledgement right. for us, and at the end, he goes, "Let's just make Canada trade again." And people laughed about it because it was a joke then. Yeah, that yeah, it, it was because he well, he remains a joke, but no, it I, is. But it is deadly serious what's happening it's, with him. And we can go for we try hours. Not to speak his name. Forty um, fifth. But let's talk about trade. Let's talk about what it what it meant historically to Canadian history and uh, and why you think it sort of is uh, resonating with people now. Um, like you mentioned, like trade is what kind of created Canada, right? Like the the, the wealth that got that was brought back through the beaver trade specifically uh, is what brought the colonial people to create wealth to bring it back like it, it created a, an economy right so so trade and hudson bay and all of these things are like intrinsically involved with also the oppression of indigenous people but it like it, it indigenous people were who they were trading with so <laughs> but it was this corporate idea that came in that that's changed the idea of trade and put value on these things that didn't necessarily have value before or it was valued in a different way. Like the idea of land ownership is completely foreign to indigenous people. Mm -hmm. And the idea that we can all live off of this together as opposed to like putting up a fence. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it, that, that was just not, not, it was so foreign to us. It, was, it didn't make any sense to be, to do that because you wouldn't be able to get the stuff that you need in October if you don't leave and go get the stuff that grows that we need in October over there. So like traveling was a big part of the way we lived, right? So yeah, being hunkered down and having to, well, now we're getting into like colonialism and the structures of that, but be, before uh, uh, contact we traded mm -hmm. and like trading went from Inuit people all the way down to the most southern tip of South America. And we knew about each other through all of this. Wow. And the fact that we have corn up here is like a perfect example of this. Haudenosaunee people have uh, uh, um, alligator dances up here. Wow. through trading they trade right. these songs they do things like there's there's mega cities that we had that you see like uh uh where there's um, they call them mounds now but they were like major like cities where there was like five hundred thousand people that would meet there and trade from all over you know uh, i was in utah incredible yeah and uh we traded we traded all the way down it was it was a well-known thing and there's there's uh Elders who talked about how when contact was happening in South America, we stopped talking about each other and shut down our trades to slow down colonization hmm. and be like, oh, shit, they're here. I can't tell them about these guys because they'll get to them quick. So they like they, they stopped talking about it and shut it down as it as it went north. 
And the time scale in this is incredible too, because people think about like contact obviously is like 500 years or yeah. so. I was just in the Yukon over the summer and um, it was when they were talking about the Beringia uh, discoveries that they're, mm. they're finding evidence of people having lived in the Beringia 25,000 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it was this pocket where the ice age stopped. Yeah. And the, and the, and the landmass, or sorry, like uh, the Bering Sea, what's it called? The bridge. Bering Strait. Bering Strait. What created this like little safety nest where literally people and animal, mammoths, like they were living in the same camps. And this yeah. is like, if you, it just, it totally throws off our path, like sort of our, you know, the concept, the narrative we have about human history. Oh, absolutely. And just like, and where we are now in this turning point of like, the earth is falling to, to pieces. Mm. And it's like, if you aren't on, and this is where this whole like messy conversation of left and right kind of gets fucked up. Like my dad used to have this pin that said the left is right and right is wrong. <laughs> yeah. And growing up in, and going through university, training poli sci and learning about left versus right, it just made me think of like, there's no logic to anything but the left. Like in right. terms of like, inter just in terms of like, you want to help people, you yeah. want to save the earth, you sure. want to have an equal equality for everybody. Like there's no, there's no part of that um, discussion that needs to be contra or controversial. Like sure. we're talking about human beings and yeah. moving, moving forward and putting that in the context of there being people on this land 25,000 years ago that we've completely forgotten and just sort of dis detached from uh, the lessons of. Mm. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, but it's, no, but it's, <laughs> yo, um, it's, personally, it's, here, yeah, here's yeah. a personal story. Uh, an archaeologist came to hang out on, on, on my community and like hang out with kids to do a dig and figure out like what's up. He, uh, like it's been verified before, but he, like I got to sit and talk with him and he showed me what's up. He's like, your people. So Lake Nipissing by uh, North Bay is where I'm from. Um, is that where you're from? No, from way north of there. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, there's evidence of my people, like Nipissing people, living on that lake for 13,000 years. Um, we followed the receding ice cap, and we got here when there was no more ice. So it was under miles of ice for tens of thousands of years. And uh, so we got here. There was no vegetation because it was under ice forever. And this dude showed me a chart. So he was like, you got here, here. And then he showed, like, all of these of white dudes who named periods so like Clovis era and like all these things and he also had like when uh, when specific vegetation showed up because again it was under ice forever so there wasn't anything growing really right so uh, birch trees were one of the first ones and then it took like uh, I think it was 5,000 years 5,000 or 7,000 whatever a lot of years before the maple tree showed up hmm. so like the symbol of Canada I'm 5,000 years more native to Canada than the maple tree, than your symbol <laughs> of Canada. It's amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, like, we need to talk about that history. And when we're talking about being, uh, like, the land, like, this land is ours, it's like, no, we're of this land. We're, like, we came before everything here. So what we ate, what we did, what we were about was, like, we were here from the beginning of vegetation. We helped grow all this. We know how it works. We worked amongst it. And that's not like, it's not our land. We're of this land. We're from here. Like they can't get like more uh, 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 physically attached to somewhere than this. And and in understanding how long we've been here, like it predates Jesus by 11,000 years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then you expect me to celebrate 150 years. You know what I mean? And then like, not only that, like your 150 years is the same as like, if you found out that the house that you lived in 
and grew up your whole life. Your dad had to kill a family to, so that you can live here. Would you invite the surviving members of that family to come and celebrate you owning it for 150 years? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, yeah. so knowing the history and, and it, it's not like Canadians don't know this. They're not mm -hmm. taught this. They're not taught that like my people have been here for 13,000 years. And also uh, in BC, they found out it was 50,000 years. And then they found fucking mastodon bones and, and, and tools made out of mastodons in San Diego. That's like 80,000 years. Like this is shifting all of what we know about the history of, of why we're here and what's going on. Mm -hmm. And like we sit here and we're like, fucking racism. How did, the, how did we get here? This is crazy. Racism is out of control. It was legislated. You just need to go back and be like, what the fuck happened? And you'll find out that like people of color didn't enact and enslave themselves. You know what I mean? Like white people created laws and, 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 and enacted their superiority. Same thing, like native people didn't do the, the trail of tears or the Jim Crow laws like this, like people of color didn't enact and enforce these on themselves. I live under the Indian Act right now. I didn't enact this or, and enforce it on myself. Like these are these are white supremacist ideologies. And if we're going to be like real with ourselves as Canadians, we got to come to like the realization that your pride stems on this massive pillar of white supremacy. And that if you're really proud of what the heroes did in World War II, the same fucking government used uh, uh, residential school children as experiments. So you need to be feel the shame of that as much as you're proud of that. If you're going to be like, you know, about your country, you know, so we got to, yeah, we got to start talking about these things. And we have one more thing to talk about. We do. Music. What are you listening to these days? Yo, uh, what's what's good in the native music? Because I I've, I've listened to the new. I think Frank Walms put out two albums yeah, this year. He just put some uh, SNRK. So I know his Res Kids yeah. from the West. Yeah, they're pretty dope. They're fucking I'm amazing. Down with, I'm down with Mob Bounce. Uh, Tanya Tagak changed Mob the way Bounce I was the music. first to kick you guys off of the RPM charts. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> good dudes too. Yeah. Um, Tanya Tagak's album like changed the way I listen to music. You know what I mean? Like you listen to music not like and, and it's always in a structure and, the, and then you realize that music is like pure vibration and it can affect your emotions mm -hmm. just by like putting out vibrations right so her what she's putting out musically sonically are these sounds that affect your, your feeling and you're like man this makes me feel like this and you read the name of the song and like this is exactly what she's trying to emote out of you and it's like it's really impressive that's powerful when you realize like what's going on here and it's not in the structure of like normal four four guitar bass you know what i mean like it's such a, a, a and when you listen to it like that and realize like what she's doing it's incredible yeah yeah no it truly is yeah um <laughs> that's a solid and a good end note but that's perfect Music this week is, of course, provided by Tribe Called Red. So here it is, Tribe Called Red. Thanks, guys. Oh, and by the way, if you are in a band and listening to this and you want your music on the show, email me, podcast at buns.com. All right, thanks. Have a good week.